Happy Friday, everyone. <laughs> Happy Friday. <laughs> I'm Gwen Douglas, and you're listening to Juice. I'm joined by my lovely co-host... Emily Harmon. And we are also joined today by... Tor Goodmanson, fresh from London. Lovely. Today we're talking about orange wine. It's an interesting topic because it comes up quite a lot with people that don't uh, know so much about wine, are getting into learning a bit about wine. And particularly, I think, for anybody who's a consumer that goes to a natural wine fair... They're definitely curious about orange wine because we're seeing so much of it. My beautiful cousin, who is a beauty therapist that has very, very limited wine knowledge, she's come up before, I think, and it sounds a bit unfair on her. We're going to have to have her on. I know, we're going to have to have her on, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, she said to me one day, she said, what is this orange wine? (laughs) I took her out and actually we drank a skin contact uh, Moscato from Di Martino. And she got really hooked on orange wine. So now every time I see her, she expects me to bring an orange wine to her. And she doesn't even know why she likes it. I think I have a similar experience with my sister also. When they came to Berlin on one of the in-flight magazines coming over, there was an article about natural wine. And of course, the sort of talking point is orange because it's the thing that's other than conventional white, red, and pink. Yeah, the world has discovered a new color of wine. And I also find for a lot of my clients for example if we go for drinks that aren't necessarily into wine there are so many go-betweens with beer and orange wines sometimes that a lot of the same flavors people are really interested by that bitterness of some flavors they understand they're like oh i don't normally like wine yeah i think people are definitely you know getting a taste for orange wine and getting a lot of interest and we're finding that the wine rooms even you know we're in west london so we're not we're not in a trendy part of town we don't have hipsters or anything but even in you know in, in notting hill and sort of in kensington church street people are coming and sort of you know before you'd have to push orange wine on them and really explain it whereas now they're spontaneously asking you know haven't you got more orange wines and tour owns um yes. a number of wine bars I did wine shops wine bars wine shops restaurants <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. It's all three sort of a fusion of all three into all into of the one. above yeah. or none of the above but <laughs> you guys um, even though you're in a more conservative part of London, you have quite a sort of forward-thinking wine selection with more unusual choices, as well as classic stuff. Yeah, I think so. But it's quite open. So if you want to go there and drink something crazy and natural, there's something for you. There'll definitely be orange wine for you. But then if you wanted like a nice Bordeaux, you can also find that as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's, yeah. You know, there's, there's posh, there's middle of the road and there's geeky. And, uh, you know, you've got to cater to, to everybody's taste. Yeah. And don't, you know, I don't think you need, need to judge people too much and, um, and accept that people have got different tastes. And, you know, it's great that now they are getting into orange wine. And getting a lot more open-minded with what they drink. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I've definitely yeah, yeah. seen that over the last few years. And totally. I think the natural wine movement's really helped that. Yeah, I mean, people are already just looking for something new and interesting and yeah. that's kind of, it has a colour that's appealing, it's a little different, it's not your mum's wine. So orange wine, for those people that have not encountered orange wine before, it's a wine, it's also referred to as amber wine, mm-hmm. so orange or amber wine, depending on uh, where in the world you are. But orange wine, you know, the name sort of gives it away, it has an orange appearance, but that's, and it's not made from oranges, which sounds <laughs> very obvious, okay, but the but amount of times I get asked, is there oranges in this? Well, let me tell you, because I did order on a menu, there was an orange wine, but where was I? In Seville, Sevilla, so of course... It was actually so one it was made a sangria, for oranges. Basically. No, it was like an orange. How did I not liqueur. know this story? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was like, oh, I have a glass of the orange wine on the menu. 
And it was actually... Was it good? Oranges. Yeah, it was delicious. But it Perfect. wasn't an orange wine? No, it was more like a liqueur kind okay. of a fortified wine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would have been having words with the staff in that restaurant in terms of sort their menu out. I was just happy Very that misleading. I had something to drink. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I always go for the thing on the menu that makes no sense. It's like, oh, this has no... Oh, it just says There's no peach wine. schnapps here, so I've got to go on to that. Hey, <laughs> the orange liqueur. Leave me in my, my peach eau de vie alone. <laughs> oh, that's right, sorry. Peach eau de vie, nice. Yeah, she's got a little soft spot. I think, though, it doesn't surprise me. Before, when she told me, I was like, yeah, it's about right. It's because the Gewurztraminer. She loves Gewurztraminer. She's obsessed with it. What can I say? Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, never going to live it down. I know. I'm like going to single-handedly bring back Queen Gewurztraminer. Queen of aromatics. So how about uh, orange Gewurz? I love them. Oh, I thought we're you going were going to bring one no. today. I was close to buying one myself as a curveball just to like freak you out. Of, like, why? I didn't because I actually want to do an episode on unusual Gewürztraminers because the we, you know we we want or we did record one that is yet to be. That's what I mean. Released. She's only doing it if the limelight is fully on Gewürztraminer. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. You know, we drank some classics and I think it would be fun to do one with the sort of more unusual, because I love a skin contact Gewürztraminer. I think it's super interesting. So just to go back, because I know we started talking about what orange wine is, but okay, I don't want anybody to get lost. Yes. In the Gewürztraminer <laughs> bubble. The, the rabbit hole that is <laughs> The haze of Gewürztraminer. But, um, so orange wine, amber wine, also known as skin contact wine. Right. What, what do you guys know as orange wine or amber wine to be? That it's something made with a white grape that has skin contact. White or like the sort of uh, peachy coloured grapes. Yeah, and in fact, I actually prefer explaining it as a skin contact white rather than orange wine. What, what I think reason sort of, for that? Orange can, yeah, it, it can be a bit sort of misleading. People don't really know what to expect. Whereas it's, you know, it's easier to explain that... You know, it's it's a skin contact white, a white made like red wine and so on. And yeah. um, I think it leads more easily into discussions on food matching and why it's a great sort of food wine. And That's interesting. So I always, whenever I do wine lists, I always put orange wines in the orange category because I feel like... Um, there are a lot of people that don't necessarily know what orange wine is or they know it well. So for the people that don't know, they go, oh my God, what the hell is yeah. that? So then it instantly creates the dialogue. Yeah. I guess it would do the same thing probably when they see skin contact as well. But I like that, that that it sets it apart to the point where there has to be a discussion or a disclaimer needs to be given. Yeah. The easiest way I describe orange wine is white grapes that are uh, produced in the same way as red wine. And I recommend orange wine... Uh, for red wine drinkers because it, it, is a, it is a wine that appears to be more like a white wine uh, but the structure, the shape of the wine is is more like a, a red wine because we have quite a lot of tannin mm. because we're keeping the skins in contact with the juice so we're extracting tannins. The, I always explain that a little bit like keeping a tea bag in water. The longer yeah. you keep it in, the more colour you take. So you're taking yeah. this colour from the skins, giving it this darker colour but taking these tannins and sometimes this bitterness um, so the shape of the wine and for food matching purposes I always think of it more like a red wine because for a white wine drinker it, I think it's a huge leap into an orange wine it is absolutely I think yeah. it, I think so you're right, when yeah. I do a wine list I would do white rosé orange and yeah. then red I think it's a nice progression anyway. Yeah. but I also think that there are some orange wines that are very light and easy with yeah, little the skin le- contact exactly yeah. like the tea bag still, yeah. the less you brew it the, lot, like the shorter amount of time of maceration the shorter skin contact yeah. as Tor said you know we're not taking too much the wines are more like a white wine and that the longer yeah. the skin contact is going on and depending on the grape variety as well sure. then you're getting a different style of wine but you're right but but I think you know there would be a risk in lumping it with other sort of white non, wines non straight contact. white wines okay. in a way because 
somebody who's expecting a steely Chablis or something, you give them a, an orange wine and they're going to be sure. a bit freaked out. Interestingly enough, orange wine is uh, actually a tradition that's been preserved in some parts of the world and has never been changed. So even though it's become a little bit of a trend and a bit of a fad between sort of younger winemakers or regions where there was never orange wine, all of a sudden mm-hmm. producing orange wines, which I think is a very positive thing because there's lots more space for creativity. Mm-hmm. But there are places in the world like Georgia, for example, right. where there are regions where they have only made skin contact white wines for thousands of years. Yeah, right. And I find that really fascinating. So with some of these wines that you try, they're like a little piece of history, history even though they'll be probably much better than they tasted thousands of years ago. The Italians ago, have a orange wine history? They do, yes. Because like some of my favourite orange wines are yeah. like North Well, that's East why Italy. the wine that I have bought today is from the mm. northeast of Italy. Delightful. Mm. We haven't got anything Georgian today, but I think it's just interesting for anybody that wants to research it or learn a bit more to look back. Well, when I was in Italy um, last year, 2018, when I was in Italy and Tuscany, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> don't laugh at me. <laughs> Kick you under the table. <laughs> but, um, but no, when I was there, there was... Um... So Gwen, you've just poured us some wine. What are we drinking? We're drinking Matassa Blossom. So, because I came unprepared, as per usual, <laughs> Emily did my homework for me. <laughs> I brought the bottle. So, actually, uh, Tom, the winemaker, yes. is Tom behind Matassa, Tom Loop, is a friend of mine and tours, actually. So Absolutely. We, we both have drunk the wines for a few years. And All right, him. show-offs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Name dropper. Yeah. <laughs> A great guy, sort of um, makes some lovely wines. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Talks a lot, talks a lot of shit and also so, <laughs> also a lot of sense. And, um... Tom is producing wine in the Roussillon. Mm-hmm. You can find Tom at most of the natural wine fairs. He's a South African guy, he's in he the is. south of France, yeah. who's making some really interesting and sometimes I think a little bit challenging some of the wines because they're definitely can be a little bit more extreme because this would definitely be a wine that would maybe need a little bit of a disclaimer for... The guests that you're serving really? it to, if they weren't... I mean, it's an orange aromatic wine. I think it's not for everybody. I'm like, ooh, it's so delicious. <laughs> no, because it's aromatic. Yeah. <laughs> right, no, it, you know, yeah. it's challenging, but it's great because it's, you know, it's not faulty in any way. No, right. Sometimes it's yes. one of the things that can be an issue for some people with, you know, with, yeah. with natural wines is... Do you know, the, the, how much they perceive different force, but this is a great one. Yeah, it's very clean, very clean. Um, and I think it represents a great. So, I believe this is uh, made with musket, mm-hmm. muscato, um, as we know from previous episodes yep. with Alessandra Bera, we, we interviewed about this has a great um, look. muscato. So, mm. very, very floral grape, spending three weeks on skins. I love the color of this because it does have a pink hue to it. It's like orange with a slight, it's like a hologram. It's really pretty. I love the colour. I was going to say, it's like an Aperol Spritz where the ice is melting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it does look but like But there is that. kind of this, like, pinky... Or Ramona. Ramona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the orange spectrum, it's definitely a lighter orange, uh, but very floral on the mm. nose. So it, it's mm. staying true to the grape variety. It literally smells of blossoms, like yeah, totally. Like so just sure a lovely summer field. But I think it's great because beyond the, the initial sort of um, approach of, you know, very aromatic approach, I think you're getting the... The components that come from the from the skin contact, yeah, this, which is a, a real sort of savouriness and spice and so on. It it's a very complete a like wine. Pepper. Yeah, totally. Mm. And it, I know this sounds odd, but it reminds me of a little bit of confectionery, like laces, like strawberry yes. laces. Totally, like red licorice. Yeah, yeah. I quite like this. I think this would be an interesting wine to introduce people to orange wine. Absolutely. 
with because it's not too tannic, it's not yep. too dry, but there's a little bit of grip there. The million dollar question, Gwen. What would I eat it with? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so actually, because we were talking about tagines and stuff earlier, because I always smell a little apricot-y thing on this mm. one. So I actually think some nuts and some dried apricot, like a couscous, something not too heavy, but still in the sort of Middle Eastern flavor, I think would be really nice with this. I hear you. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And I think, but I think also moving on to Asian cuisines and so on, you know, Southeast Asian mm. ones, I think sort of yeah. Malay, Thai, Vietnamese, yeah, totally. that kind of thing would be good. Yeah, that would be really nice, actually, with the aromatics. Be with really the fish nice, sauce like and all that, and yeah. Stuff. yeah. Mm. Yum. As long as it's not too spicy, that would be my yeah, yeah. thing. But they're quite versatile, orange wines. Like I was chatting with um, a couple of the Georgian winemakers and they were saying, you know, a bottle of orange wine goes on the table and then a million different things are served. Fish, yeah. garlic, onion. A lot of these pungent flavours a lot of wines don't stand up to. A bottle yeah. of orange wine, super, super versatile. If in doubt, and you're cooking, you know, tapas style for people, bottle of orange on the like, table. How can we make that like a snappy? I was like, when in... Oh, no, that doesn't rhyme. Because nothing rhymes with... When in Madrid, orange. drink orange. <laughs> when in Sevilla, don't drink orange wine. That might be the... That might be Eat the, oranges, the sub, don't drink oranges. It's going to be the subline sub to the orange wines. Nothing rhymes with orange. Orange. It's <laughs> literally no. that rhymes with orange. Orange. Blum, orange blum drink the whole range. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, there's nothing that rhymes with orange. That's why there was that terrible band in the 90s, I think, called Rhymes with Orange. <laughs> I never but, I, but I did have a question that I bet you some people at home listening might have a question about orange wine what's is there a difference between rosé and orange wine yes let's let's hear it for the people at home it's the time on skins aha all right so what is the so rosé is i mean proper rosé rather than blended stuff is just sort of red grapes press could be red and white grapes yeah could be a mixture but it's very little, very skin, little skin, skin contact. It's just picking up the pigmentation and a little bit of pigmentation. Yeah, I mean, we're talking a max of usually no more than 12 hours, but often yeah, it's like less. four to six. Oh. All right. So that would be it. And then I think also then with orange, it's not usually, there's never usually a red grape in there. Okay. It's white grapes, isn't it? So it's yeah. a skin contact white, it's orange. Yeah. Only because I was thinking of that, that meme that we found on the internet the one time. Yeah, so na- there's a, there's a, someone on Instagram, natural wine, like wine as in like wine. to wine, yeah, to compare. <laughs> Just in case you're confused of what a yeah. wine is. Yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about the drink, we're talking about the noise no. Gwen made. Yeah. And um, and he, there was a post and it was a guy sitting behind a table and at the front there was like, like a banner and it said, orange wine is rosé wine, convince me otherwise. Wasn't it? That's yeah, what I said. pretty much. And I laughed so much because yeah. I loved it because I thought, there's some truth in that. Just a guy sitting in a parking lot. Not, <laughs> looking like he does not give a shit about anything. But I mean, this guy gets used for lots of memes, this particular photograph of the man sitting in the parking right. lot. But this one in particular, it's been on my mind. So I just thought I'd clear that up for anyone who So it's been, who tr- it's been troubling you for some mm. time, Gwen. No, it's just I thought, if we're going to do an episode on orange wine, I'm sure there are some people that are like, what's the what's difference? The difference? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's... But you know, but with roses, for example, it's rare that you pick up any or much tannin. Yeah, exactly. Whereas in this skin is, contact this wine, you want dryness. And what do you guys think about this wine without food? I would smash this bottle, no problem. Like on a, I mean, we almost. Have. We've been doing well, actually. <laughs> yeah. This uh, is going into Gwen's notebook of smashable wines. Yeah, because I, I think, I mean, we, I haven't had this in a while, but normally we would drink this on the balcony in the evening at sundown. It's a really nice. Yeah. 
I also think orange wines make mm-hmm. great aperitifs anyway. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know, maybe throw in a uh, a few olives or crisps for your sort yeah. of uh, well, for your I food match. Well, I have some crisps on the table. <laughs> absolutely. That we are not allowed to be eating right now. Emily has thought of the uh, the food. That's match. the prob- That is the problem that we've had crisps before, and the crunches are very distracting for everybody. And then you're like picking it out of your teeth for the next five minutes. Yes. It's not good. I've given us um, some glasses here that can act as a a vessel to hold your wine while we move on to the next one. (laughs) I think she's... (laughs) Sorry. Neck it or tip it. (laughs) (laughs) I did almost neck it. There's moments like this where I wish there was a video on because Gwen always does these slightly naughty things where (laughs) she either does it and then acts like she's got away with it or... Like when we made the glue vine and I turned around and I saw her just drinking out of the bottle. <laughs> and then when she, when she saw me, she just does this little laugh and she's like, busted. <laughs> or she goes, looks at it and then she thinks, can I do it? Can I not do it? Oh, I don't know. That's really entertaining <laughs> to watch. So the next one is the wine that I bought today. I like this one a lot actually too. Oh, yeah, a beautiful colour again. So we are drinking uh, the 2009 Ribola Gialla from Turpin. So this is coming from uh, Friuli in Italy, so the northeast of Italy. This particular part of the world for me is one of my favourite regions for orange wine. I particularly love Georgian wine, but this was the first orange wine I ever tasted mm-hmm. was from this region from a producer called uh, Josko Gravner. The Ribola Jowla, actually. And I, that's why I wasn't sure which one to choose. From they have a Chardonnay, too, They have a right? Chardonnay, which is yes. amazing. Yes. Uh, and they have a, a wine called Yakot, which is uh, Frilano. And it's okay. a play on Tokai. You know, to- Frilano used to be called Tokai Frilano, whatever. Yeah. So it was it was a toss-up between the Yakot or um, or this. And I actually thought Ribola Jowla is, yeah. is a great variety that does really well with skin contact. It's quite boring, actually, as a white wine. But <laughs> the time on skins makes it a much more interesting wine. Uh, and we really only find Ribola in this part of the world, like Slovenia and um, Friuli. Yeah. Um, yeah, and interesting to try something with a bit of age on it as well. Mm. 2009, Absolutely. so we're... Yeah. Very interesting nose. So obviously yeah. not aromatic like the other one, but mm. every time herbal. we go back to it, herbal. It's really herbal. Do you know, I know this sounds really odd, but this is something that I often see with skin contact Ribola, and it reminds me of toffee apples. Okay. You know, okay. like these... Com- but not like with toffee, like yeah, yeah. candied apples. That there's something that reminds me of that because I get this really strong red apple yeah. note, and it's then also I get the this... acidity from the apple yeah. that's still there with the toffee. Red apple, it's honey. There's a slight nuttiness in the background there. It's quite umami actually. Yeah, I just love the smell. Yeah, it smells really mm. good. And because it's not obvious what anything is, it does make you keep going in. For yeah, a it's snack. more discreet. Need... Yeah, and it's very it, there's lots of little layers to. to Peel back. This particular wine I decanted, uh, so it's in the carafe, but I decanted this uh, just before you arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been in, in the decanter for an hour, but I just put a, a little stopper on the decanter and popped it in the fridge so it didn't get too warm. And that's something that maybe is a talking point of what temperature did you serve your orange wine at? Any thoughts? I would say it depends on the orange wine. Agreed. Because I would say like the blossom, I like it quite co- like a, on the cooler side. But maybe this one is a little nicer at room temperature. Like closer to room cool. I think the more orange it is, the more structure it is. It can it can lend itself to warmer temperatures. Yeah. This isn't super cold though, is it? No, I think it's. This is about twelve. I'd say this is about twelve yeah. to thirteen degrees, maybe. Which I think is you know I think is a great temperature for it and a great temperature for actually quite a lot of whites as well. If they've got a bit of character, so yeah. you don't want to over chill it. 
Um, but and especially when you're not thinking of a wine as an aperitif, but you're thinking already sort of thinking of what you're matching it with in yeah, this is definitely food a terms, food, and that temperature is. It's perfect. I like it because it's not perfect. Because when there's a touch, there's just a touch of this volatile acidity, this little bit of nail polish remover on the end. But I quite like it because it lifts the wine. Yeah. Um, that it's not hundred percent, it's not hundred percent perfect, and it's not hundred percent clean. But that makes it a little bit interesting for me. Yeah, I agree. I think it's sort of you know with the, these things like when you say that that volatility, that's like the nail polish volatility. It's it's all a question of how much there is. Right. Sort of, you know. Yeah. A little lifts it, and too much is... Uh, Kills it. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, often it, it blows off anyway. And I think that. this particular wine on the palate, it's a lot drier, it's yeah. more tannic. Without food, you lose some yeah. of the flavour. Um, you know, so I'd definitely recommend having a crisp at this moment. <laughs> I'm actually really trying to figure out what I would eat it with right now, so I'm... This, for me, is more of a tagine wine, because fatty lamb yeah, that's sure. been cooking down with these spices. Maybe it's because I don't eat so much lamb that I'm... I mean... I never think about it. It's all going to change. Oh, no. <laughs> that's it. After months of Lucas sneaking it in to my food. Yeah, Gwen has a boyfriend that was feeding her lamb and telling her it was beef. It definitely tastes like lamb. Yeah, like you beef. can definitely... And he finally fessed up at the end. So I'm never going to trust him again. I mean, I love lamb, but I don't, <laughs> like, I don't so particularly like the taste of lamb fat. Actually, so Right, it's not... And yeah. <laughs> it's a bit grisly, isn't it? Yeah, and when it goes cold as well. Yeah, cold lamb fat is pretty horrible, I think. Yeah, yeah it's not like beef fat. No. no, or chicken fat or anything. Yeah. You just throw it away. Or pork, you know, which yeah. is... I actually think this would be quite nice with pork, too. Yes. Something yeah. like herb-crusted, like a rolled something with lots of... I always think of pork with orange wine. Because I also think that, oh, like... good acidity as well. But mm. Because I also think there's not a lot of, like sweetness to this I think something like pork that has its own sort of natural sweetness would yep. kind of also duck maybe would also like a confit something a little deeper would also work yeah 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 exactly sort of um, I said or you know riettes duck riettes yes, or pork riettes yeah, yeah. or something totally. would be really good with that because this would hold up against a cornichon no problem <laughs> yep you know but the, the high fat content of those to, uh, is those important on that note of pork, I've just cut up some fennel salami. Fantastic. Um, so oh, let's fennel. see if that changes mm. the wine. Because I think I always, whenever I do wine mm. training sessions, um, particularly one with orange wine and then often with Italian reds yeah. or quite tannic wines, I always get the guys to try it, or whoever I'm teaching, to try the wine before without food and then have something in your mouth and then try the wine again so they understand the context of the wine because I mean working in a ta- I used mm. to work at the River Cafe so you'd, often you'd serve these quite tannic acidic red wines and people would say the guests would be like oh I don't really like this and then you would encourage them just wait until you've had some food mm-hmm. and mm. nine times out of ten they would love the wine then and want to keep it um, but it's just understanding that the wine will be different with food as well to not always judge it just on the first taste I like your salami anyway mm. yeah the salami is very good huh? <laughs> I'm like, mm, I love fennel <laughs> no I was imagining being in Naples actually and buying sausages with fennel oh my god tasting that after mm-hmm. it brings out one the porkiness yep and the herb <laughs> hashtag porkiness <laughs> sorry <laughs> I know and the herbal quality in that sausage I would is like, like to... that wine just like puts it on steroids. Oh, it's great. But Porkiness I'm gonna, on steroids. I'm going to challenge people listening at home. Please send me sentences using porkiness in a sentence. 
I want to see your senses. I spoke to him. <laughs> can you imagine that? I spoke to my husband about his porkiness. <laughs> but I want to th- I've never... Yeah, that's great. I remember that. How would you have said it? I don't know. No, I love it. Maybe no different. Porkiness. It would have like amplified it. the pork flavour. <laughs> no, I really like it. What would, you, what would have been your alternative to porkiness? Pork booster. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a dodgy product, doesn't it? That definitely, Probably. you know... <laughs> I like the it. pork booster. The pork... Oh, my God. It's something you get in the spam file of your email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pork booster. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Any final words on orange wine? Where would you suggest people in Discover terms of... Discover yeah. orange wine. Um, like, any favourites? Wine rooms in London, obviously. Of yeah. The Michelberger in Berlin. But I mean more, if, no. they're, if they go to their wine shop, for entry-level oranges, what should people be asking for? Where is a good place to start if you want to start your orange wine adventure? Independent wine stores would be probably one of the first places to go, or wine bars. But I mean, once you get to those places, what are you asking for? What regions do you think are a great way for someone to start? You know, maybe we don't want to bring them straight to the deepest, darkest depths of orange. You want to start with a light orange. Where are some nice regions to get orange wines from? I think the northeast of Italy, as you, yeah. you know, you're the one like this wine that we're tasting at the moment. That's, uh, I, that's I feel like it's difficult because I, would, I wouldn't be able to advise somebody on an entry-level region for orange wine. Okay. I feel like I could advise them on a place to go into full-blown orange. Okay. And that would be Friuli or Georgia. Okay. They would be the places to... As soon as I think of orange wine, yeah. they're the first two spots. Do you have any other...? Well, but I would think of Friuli as being easier and more approachable than Georgia. I'm pretty much Joe Average and that sort of thing. And, and I, you know, I still find a lot of Georgian wines quite yeah. challenging. Yeah, because they're not always so clean. See, because I would yeah. say Slovenia yeah. or Veneto. Like, I love Malvasia from both of those regions. And I think for me, that's one of the places where I first had orange wine that was quite light orange. Really approachable, stuff that you could drink without food. But Slovenia pretty much, when we talk about Friuli, we're also talking about Slovenia because that border, there right, are producers that are like... 10 minutes sort of from each right, other, right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that would be coming under the same region. And I think if you were in the Veneto, you were probably drinking wines from Friuli. Mm, yeah, maybe. Because it's yeah. next door. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there's not a huge... I can't think of any producers making orange wine in the Veneto off the top of my head, but there would definitely be them. Yeah. Um, for me, it's more about you have to ask advice when you're in a restaurant or a bar or a shop and say, I want to try orange wine. Yeah. I am a beginner, where should I start? And that's yeah. why it's really important to find the place to get that advice. So, you know, in the UK, I have to say, I went to a Waitrose recent, no, Marks and Spencers, and they had a Quevery skin contact Georgian wine at Marks really? and Spencers. Really? Oh, good old Marks yeah, and Yeah, and I was quite, I was quite yeah. impressed with that. And I, you know, it, it is branching out. So supermarkets in the UK, you can also find some stuff if you wanted to cool. maybe get something that's not too expensive. Germany, the supermarkets are a car crash for, <laughs> for orange wine. But One day we're going to do a best of the worst situation. But I think, I think your best term, <laughs> best chance if you want, you know, for, for people who want that introduction and want the hands held of it, is to find a good independent wine merchant. You know, so that means thinking London, it'd be, it could be us, but it could be something like the Good Wine Shop or something. But it's probably bottle not, of Postle, maybe. Yeah, Bottle of Postle, but it's probably not majestic. It was really nice to try two interesting bottles with the two of you. Mm-hmm. And um, can be going back to yeah, the blossom. We'll be seeing you again in a few weeks, actually. Tors. Fantastic. We look forward to that, and um, we'll be getting together to try some South African stuff. So stay tuned, people. Until then, I'm Until Gwen then. Douglas. I'm Emily Harmon, and I'm Tor Goodmanson. 
You can find us uh, on Instagram at, at juice.podcast. On Twitter at juice underscore podcast. And you can also find our website at juice.show. And there you can find some pictures. Tote some bags. Tote bags <laughs> to carry all your wines around. And uh, we'd love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter or anywhere else. Send us your pictures. Send us your bottles. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you then. Cheers, see you guys. Soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.